Hey, hey, it's Dr. Jana again for a, another episode of Exercising the Word. Today we're going to, um, we, in this month in our spin classes, we've been training our legacy. So we follow suit with um, revelationwellness.org. It's the home-based ministry where I got trained to teach Christ-centered fitness. And um, it's where we, most importantly, we train our faith and we train the Word of God um, and we use fitness as a tool to bring the gospel message to the broken world. So um, I'm the founder of a ministry here in Southern California, San Clemente, um, called Revelation Revolution. So we are basically just a local revelation wellness ministry doing the work in person, in our community, um, doing life with others and living out and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So... Um, these Exercising the Word podcasts are fairly new to this ministry, and our goal is to train people up in goodness and godliness. Um, we learn from the Word of God that physical training, physical exercise, it is of some profit. It is good, um, but training godliness is profitable for eternal life and in all things. So, of course, we train the Word of God, we train spirit, soul, and then body because we do not want our flesh leading the way. We keep godly order, spirit, soul, then body, and we bring everything under the submission of the spirit because we will never be led astray if we keep things in their proper order. So that's what we're going to bring to you today. We're going to train... 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to learn the pattern of wholesome teaching, which is training in godliness, and what it means exactly to leave a godly legacy behind. We have some great Hall of Famers in the Bible who went before us and trained, trained this for us. So wherever you're at, you're starting to move your body, whether you're walking, hiking, biking. I personally uh, record these and teach from a spin bike I have at home, um, so I'm not distracted <laughs> walking into traffic or um, who or what I'm gonna run into. I can just move and I can get lost in the spirit and um, I can allow the Lord to speak through me to you. And um, I pray that it is encouraging and edifying to you today. So as we get started, let me pray first. Let's open in prayer. So Lord, God, I just lift up this um, workout to you today, Lord, that it would first and foremost be glorifying to you, Lord, that my words would be your words. I pray, Lord, for every listener, God, that um, we would just be trained up in godliness, that we would learn something new today, Lord. I pray that your word would go forth in truth and in love without condemnation, Lord. And um, I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit for every single one of us, that we might walk in power and that we might be able to receive um, the truth of your spirit today, the truth from your spirit today, God. I pray that our bodies would move, not as a have to, but a get to, and that our flesh would submit to the spirit and not the other way around. Lord, we ride for your glory. We move for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. 
This is written from Paul to Timothy. So Paul was a spiritual father to, to Timothy. It was, he was a spiritual son to Paul. And um, starting in verse 5, Paul says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Fast forward to verse 13. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. So we're gonna dissect these few scriptures as we move. Pick up your pace a little bit wherever you're at. Your heart rate's starting to increase a little bit. So my prayer is that when I open the scriptures to you and when um, you allow me to speak to you today, that your body would just move as the spirit moves you. I'm not going to give a lot of coaching. Um, I will tell you to maybe um, increase resistance or to pick up your pace a little bit, but I trust that the spirit will do that for you. Um, when the word of God is going forth, when you're, when we are fanning in, we're fanning into flame the um, the spiritual gifts, and um, when we are truly walking in the Spirit, you can't help but move your body. If you're a mover, it just moves you. So you can trust that. You can trust um, your flesh to submit to the Spirit. <sighs> Don't forget to breathe. Open up your lungs. Drop your shoulders down and back. We want to activate that core. We're not just dragging our weight around lackadaisically, but we have a confident posture, confident in who we are in Christ. Our core, our solid foundation is engaged. Your pelvis is slightly tucked under. We strap on that belt of truth before we move, before we exert a lot of resistance or speed. The first thing we do is put on the whole armor of God. We don't go into the day, which is always a battle. Amen? We don't go into the battle without putting our armor on. So let's pray it on. And I repeat this all the time because I want this to be natural, memorized by every single one of us. We place on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We don't take off our belt of truth because if we are not walking in the truth, if we don't know the truth, if our belt of truth is not cinched on tight, or in other words, our transverse abdominus isn't engaged in the physical, our core isn't strong, we're setting ourselves up for injury, physical injury, spiritual injury. So put your seatbelt on. We're gonna move. 
We've got our gospel sandals of peace on or your spin shoes of peace or your, your uh, gospel sneakers, whatever you're wearing today. You're armed with the sword of the spirit. You're protected under the shield of faith. We're covered. We're ready to go. Increase resistance. Here we go. Move your body. Find that beat. Come on. Lord, fill us with joy this morning. Come on, church. Move your body. Smile wherever you're at. Come on. If you're on a bike, if you're on a treadmill, pick up that pace a little bit. Run or ride to the beat. Come on. the first thing we're told in verse 5 regarding Timothy is that he shared the faith that first filled his grandmother and his mother, which shows that the legacy started with a godly grandmother who passed on her faith and her faithfulness in the scriptures to her daughter, and her daughter passed it on to her son, Timothy. We see generation after generation of godliness. Now this can go both ways. If we're not raised in the scriptures and we don't make a conscious effort to study the scriptures, to live the scriptures, we're at risk of passing on a legacy that won't last in a godly way. I should probably reword that. Any legacy can last, but we want to pass on a godly one. And this is the pattern we want to follow, right? Come on. Paul says, fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. So that indicates that at some point, Timothy was either doubting himself or perhaps his fire was maybe going out. It was time to stoke the fire, if you will. Fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So, we've all been given different spiritual gifts. Our adversary, <laughs> the enemy, he is going to come against us. He is going to try to put out our fire, right? <laughs> Lord, I pray that you would reignite a holy fire in us that you would encourage us in our gifts, that if somebody's listening and doesn't know what their spiritual gifts are, 
that they would sit before you and pray and ask you to reveal what the gifts are that you've given them. Come on. Come on, move to the beat. Fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. When we're operating in our spiritual gifts, we are going to, by default, pass on a godly legacy. Whether we have children, whether we're a teacher of the word, anybody that we have an influence on in our lifetime. Don't let the fire go out. Come on, work that out. Use your breath. Come on. it down pull back wherever you're at for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline other translations might read for God has not given me a spirit of fear but one of power love and a sound mind so self-discipline self-control a sound mind if God is calling you out onto the waters, if he's calling you to do something, if you are trying to raise godly children and you're just facing fear, fear of them straying, fear of what they're being exposed to, just overwhelming fear and anxiety, or I don't have children, so I have children in the Lord. I have been given a platform where I get to influence a lot of people, and I take that, I take that responsibility, I take that platform that I've been entrusted with very seriously. I, I know the consequences of misleading people if I'm living a life that lacks self-discipline, self-control. <sighs> Come on. Come on. You're up a level, maybe two. Come on. Listen to these words. Do you believe do you believe that we will win? Listen, you're not given a spirit of fear. You're not given a spirit of timidity. You are filled with the spirit of truth, which equals power, love, self-control, sound-mindedness, a mind that rests. When you recognize those racing thoughts, when you feel like you are powerless when you're finding yourself unable to love well when you're not compassionate come on come on we're all guilty we're all guilty at times 
when I went to teach this message yesterday, going to class, I don't know why, but I felt totally overwhelmed by anxiety, like something was just hindering me and not wanting me to speak boldly, like I was going to offend somebody or, I don't know, there was no reason for it. So all I knew is that it wasn't of God. That's easy to recognize. Spirit of truth says, this is not of my loving God, my God who gives me a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, a sound mind. So I slammed the door, I walked back inside, I took like less than a minute, 45 seconds. I went back to my war room, which is my, <laughs> my office, my <laughs> prayer closet. A lot of stuff happens in this tiny little room. That's where I'm recording right now. <laughs> and I asked the Lord to bind up that spirit of fear, to overwhelm me in his peace, to give me a fresh filling of his Holy Spirit. And wouldn't you know it, I took my medicine and I stood up and I was instantly filled with God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which means I felt power, love. My mind was resting. I was confident to leave and go teach my class, to teach the word. Come on, come on, come on, dig in. Dig in. Come on. Walk in the truth, church. That's how we win this game of life. Come on. Take it down. Breathe. Breathe. Stay hydrated. Pull back, whatever that means. If you're running, slow down. If you're paddling, just cruise. If you're on a bike or a treadmill, take it down to a walk. Take your resistance down a little bit. Take your incline down to a flat plane if you're able. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Friend, anti-anxiety medication or psychotropic drugs are not the answer to anxiety. You are either in spiritual warfare or you have something physically out of balance. And a lot of these things, they pair up and they partner together to take us down we see paralyzing anxiety like we've never seen before in this generation, in this time we live in. The enemy is relentless. He does not promote peace. He does not want you to be at peace. He does not want you to be confident in sharing the word. He doesn't want you to be confident in your spiritual gifts that God gave you. Call on your weapons of warfare. Ask for a filling of the Holy Spirit. Call on the spirit of truth to fill you afresh with power, love, and self-control, and a sound mind. Use your offensive weapon of the word. That's what we're reading today. Memorize this. Know the scriptures, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We can't go wrong by repeating scripture while we move our body. We work it in. 
we work it in and that works out the anxiety. It works out the fear. It works out the racing thoughts. It works out our paralysis from fear. We overflow with power, the power to love, the power to forgive, the power to overcome, the power to do the impossible. <laughs> listen, listen to these words, come on. Amen. Watch him do the impossible. Watch him heal you of paralyzing anxiety, of insecurity, a lack of self-confidence, body shaming. That is not of God. We are not to fear what other people think of us, what our body is or isn't doing or going to do. You know, like in reading the scriptures, a lot of people know this scripture, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But as I've grown as a believer and really learned to dissect the word and devour the word and hunger for God's word above any food or any drink or anything else that I might want or desire in this world, I've learned to read the context above, below, around. It's, it's a recipe, which means there's many ingredients. It's not just one scripture. This is a power scripture. But right before this, we learn that this verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Before that, Paul finds it necessary to explain a godly legacy that was passed on from the one generation to the next, to the third generation, to Timothy, and Timothy, and Paul. So uh, there's Timothy, but Paul was also a spiritual father to Timothy. So he passed on his godly legacy. So biologically, Timothy had it coming and he also had it from his spiritual church family. And it passed on to Timothy to raise up an amazing leader and his legacy passes on to today, generation after generation after generation. That's the effect of devouring the scriptures and being raised in the scriptures and raising our children in the scriptures. That's what carries on the faith from generation to generation. And then we're reminded right after that to fan into flames the spiritual gifts that God gave us. To not be insecure because we're young or because we have this limp or this infirmity or this speech impediment or our body looks a certain way or we don't look the part or we have this blemish in our past. Name of Jesus, no. Fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. He who has called you is faithful 
and he will do it. God is the one who has called us. He is the one who has qualified us. Not the world, not your resume, not your bank account, not how many followers we have on Facebook, but God. And he will do it. He will do it. He is the one that gives us the power and the ability and the opportunities to bring his word and his love forth to a broken world. Keep moving. Come on. A godly legacy. What are we passing on in our home behind closed doors when nobody's looking except for our spouse or our children or somebody we're caring for in our home or friends that are over, maybe friends that we don't go to church with? What's the legacy we're, we're building and leaving on a day-to-day -day basis? <laughs> Just as we can pass on a legacy of godliness, we can pass on the same legacy that we resented in the generation before us or that we've been blinded to and we refuse to re receive conviction about. Amen? We have a choice. We have a choice. And I, I <laughs> encourage you today to choose a new generation. If you were not raised in the scriptures like, like me, I was not raised in the scriptures. But we have chosen to be a vessel of godliness and leave a spiritual godly legacy to those we influence or if we ever have children, it's a choice. New generation, clean slate, amen? Come on, crank it up. Wherever you're at, add resistance. Maybe you're doing some walking Russian lunges. If you're on flat ground, if you're on the bike, add resistance. We're on a hill. Heels down if you're on a treadmill. Put it on an incline. Come on. Come on. This is my new favorite song. Jam with me. Come on. Yes. On, church believe it new generation the chains are breaking come on a legacy of purity godliness kindness Given a spirit of fear, come on. Don't be afraid to sing. Don't be afraid to put your hands up. Be the change. He always has a way out, friends.
take it down. Take your resistance down. We take our physical body and we stress it and we break it down. We break it down. It's humbling when you physically can't go any further or turn your resistance up any higher. You just physically can't breathe. Praise God that we have limitations. We have constant need for a savior. Amen? None of us are exempt. We're all, we're all fighting this battle together. We are one church, one spirit, one body of Christ. How do we use our body? Do we use it for selfish ambition? Do we obsess over it? Do we think that it has no value and we neglect it and put in it whatever we want? What kind of spiritual legacy are we passing on? Are we showing people, I love Jesus, but I do and I eat and I drink whatever, whatever I want as if it doesn't matter? And then blame infirmities on genetics. Friend, I can speak confidently on this topic. Being a holistic doctor and working with people every day and pushing people closer to Jesus so that their lives are edifying to him in all ways, teaching them to walk in self-control and discipline and breaking the chains of gluttony or just they didn't know. They're misinformed, false teaching, false health teaching, not turning to God for wisdom, but following Wikipedia and more internet research and getting lost in the wild, wild web or following a doctor who's not following Jesus. Why? Why would we? God is the source of wisdom and a life of self-control equals holy consequences. We change a generation of sickness or obesity or diabetes, gluttonous behaviors. We feed our body with real food that feeds our bodies, but we are not bound by fear. We don't have to obsess over it. We don't have to be afraid of every electromagnetic frequency that we're surrounded by. Yeah, we need to be aware. These things are real. There are preservatives and chemicals and GMOs and all kinds of toxic foods and we have to label things that are just organic. We have to label them as organic when really that shouldn't be labeled. We should have to label things because of the poisons they contain. But we live in a corrupt and broken world. <sighs> Come on, exercise, discernment. Scratch what you've learned from me or from anybody else and go to the throne of grace. Go to your God, go to the great physician, the spirit of truth and ask him to teach you. Ask him who to follow. Ask him to, how to chew on the meat and spit out the bones. Ask him to discern what is the truth when you're healing, mis hearing misinformation or different conflicting pieces of information from equally Christian circles. Don't go to people, go to the Lord. Go straight to your God. That is the best advice I can give anybody. 
bring that heart rate down. You're just power walking, or you have low to medium resistance on your bike. Just move at that steady pace. You're still sweating. You're breathing hard, but you can talk. More important than passing on a new car to our 16-year-old when they get their license, or giving our kids what they want because they've been through a hard time, it's okay to bless them. It's okay to reward them. But rewarding good behavior and training them with discipline. Open the scriptures. God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines His children. We, even as adults, no matter how old we are, we are children of God. We're constantly children who have need of a Heavenly Father, who need constant discipline and correction, amen? Because He disciplines those He loves. Our children need discipline. We live in a world where children are running the house. <laughs> children are suing parents and telling their parents what goes in their house. Name of Jesus, godly order, godly order. Jesus, come. Come on, pick it up. It is really okay to be small, to stay small. We do not need a name on Facebook. We do not need to start some big famous ministry. If God chooses to favor us and call us to be the pioneer of something really great or really big, may we all stay small so that he can increase. And Lord, if we abuse that privilege, Lord, correct us in Jesus' name. Discipline us. Lord, and may we receive it because we know that you love us. <sighs> Let me go back to our scripture that we're training today. Verse 8, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Do we hold back? Do we not speak up in our house or tell our kids it's okay if you don't want to go to church? I'm going to go, but I'm gonna, it's okay if you want to stay behind. Or do we, we, do we follow the crowd because they're not Christians or they don't want to talk about the scriptures? Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, Paul says, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. If we're holding back because we're afraid to suffer, because we're afraid of facing conflict or an uncomfortable situation, yes, exercise discernment. There is a time for everything, right? There's a time to be quiet and there's a time to speak up. But if you're feeling that pit in your stomach, like it's time to speak up, but we're holding back because of fear, back it up to verse seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That is a spiritual attack on your spiritual gift. And it is time to start opening our mouth because we care more about souls that are dying and missing out on eternal life in heaven with us. And we'd rather appease them in this temporary world 
so that we can stay more comfortable. Oh God, forgive us. Give us courage, Lord. Lord, I boldly ask for myself and for every listener, God, that you would fill us with courage, that you would give us the right words, and that you would give us opportunity to live your word, to open our mouths, to tell somebody about you today, this week, and that we wouldn't miss it, that we wouldn't shrink back in fear this time. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your mercy. Listen, friends, listen to this song. The motto for this ministry and for my practice is love heals. Love heals. Love heals. Jesus is love. He's the only source of true love that we will ever know. This world promotes lust and it promotes people pleasing. That is not love. Love is not afraid to confront. Love is gracious. It is kind. It is patient. Come on. Come on. Work it out. Come on. ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news will you take a stand and turn over your social media account for other people's goodness for their good and for God's glory or are we still going to argue about the election and post our opinions and lack discernment in what we post. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. There's something really um, refreshing and healing. It's like when we read it in the scriptures, when we're reading and opening the word for ourselves, devouring our daily bread, receiving the gift that God gave us of his word, and we, we know, be ready to suffer, be ready, stay armed, put on the whole armor of God, exercise the word, train it. Know where your strength comes from. Know that God will never leave us or forsake us, but know that without a doubt, 100% guarantee. Now this is one thing that comes with 100% guarantee. Not many things really stand on their 100% guarantee, right? But the word of God does. We will suffer for the sake of the good news. We will suffer. But when we know that, it kind of equips us so we're not blindsided, right? We're not blindsided. We know it's coming, and we know God's going to get us through it. We know that these are momentary afflictions, that we focus on not what is seen but what is unseen. Our hope, our heart, our truth, everything that we are is anchored to heaven. Eternal life in heaven where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, 
where we're reunited with our loved ones who have gone home to be with Jesus before us. There's no more grieving. Our bodies are perfect in that heavenly world when we really are home. God is good. He is good. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. The good news. It is life-changing news. It is the best news anyone will ever hear. Just because someone's not ready to receive it does not exempt us from sharing it. Verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, that we learned from Paul. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. That's the pattern we follow. If we were not raised with a godly legacy, that's not the pattern we follow. We study the scriptures like newborn children. We start with milk and then we devour the meat of the word. Come on, we hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. We're the first to say, I'm sorry. We humble ourselves. Our body is a living sacrifice. It's not to get attention <laughs> because we work out and we gain all these results and then we distract people from the Lord and we say, look at me, look at me, look at me, how awesome I am. It goes on to say a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Children don't come with a manual. Marriage doesn't come with a manual. Marriage, newsflash, is not to make us just happy, but to make us more holy. <laughs> it's an example of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're constantly <laughs> rubbing up against things that are uncomfortable. But it's a promise, it's a vow, a forever vow. And our bridegroom is so excited to come back for us. He loves us unconditionally, unconditionally. Of all the people or things in the world that we would respect or give reverence to, why wouldn't it be the one who loved us before we loved him? who gave us life, who knit us perfectly together in our mother's womb, who made us fearfully and wonderfully, perfectly, perfectly imperfect. He knows all of our weaknesses, all of our secrets. He's the only one who knows every single thought and everything about us, and he still loves us. And then he was viciously and brutally murdered so that we could be free. Why wouldn't we? have reverence for that. Verse 14, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Do we really understand what it means to be entrusted with something? Jesus left this world, this dying and broken world, and he entrusted us he gave us the most precious gift of all time, his body, his blood, his life, eternal life, unconditional love, forgiveness that we do not deserve. And he entrusted us with the whole book of life, the word of God, the spirit of truth. He entrusted us with it to share it in truth, not to pervert it, not to use it for our own selfish agenda, to pass it on from generation to generation. And if it wasn't passed on to us, to start a new generation. He gives us the ability, the equipment. He knows how to teach us and to correct us, to show us a new way. We are a new generation, church. 
a new generation, a godly generation. The light's getting lighter as the dark gets darker. We don't have to be afraid. We do not live in fear. Come on. No matter what's happening around us, no matter what happens with the election, he is good. He is good. Come on. Say that. Sing it with me. Come on. Almost finished. Almost finished. with something like when you first go back to church after having a baby and you entrust those people in the daycare with your newborn baby or the first time you leave your baby and go back to work or have to go somewhere or go on vacation you are entrusting your most precious gift with somebody that's what it means to be entrusted with the precious truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We've been entrusted with that. We've got to walk in self-control and self-discipline so that we do not pervert God's word, his truth. We don't get to make it what we want. We don't get to redefine marriage. We don't get to redefine what real love is. We don't get to redefine what sex was made for, marriage. It doesn't matter if we're divorced or young or old or we've already had premarital sex or we just rename things and say, well, this isn't sex in the true form or whatever of the word. So we redefine things, acts of lewdness, and we think that we can excuse it. <laughs> we're opening the door to the enemy. We're only hurting ourselves and our sin. Our sin affects generation after generation after generation. We fight for our marriage. No matter how bad we've suffered, God is bigger. He is bigger. Divorce. For everything that is within our control. We don't choose that. We choose reconciliation. Just as a legacy like Timothy will affect generation after generation for hundreds and hundreds to thousands of years to come. So can our sin. So can our sin. But a repentant heart, a repentant heart because none are perfect and none, none are exempt from the need for a savior. We've all fallen short. We all need grace every single day, but Jesus is for us. His mercies are new every day. That's a godly legacy. Humility, teachability, 
Discipline. Allowing ourselves to be disciplined and passing on discipline. Having healthy boundaries. Stopping the spoiling and the people pleasing. I want to finish with one more scripture. Where'd it go? The beginning of Psalm 112 opens with praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Let me read that again. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. We fear the Lord above all. We don't fear man. We don't fear the future. We don't fear the what ifs. We fear the Lord above all things. We have a holy and reverent fear of the Lord. And then it says, and delight in obeying his commands. We delight in obedience, in purity, in being disciplined. It says their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Love is greater than fear. Come on, listen to this song. We're finishing with this. It's his goodness, his kindness, his grace that draws us to repentance. the story and the legacy that we want to pass on. We have to let go of the bitterness and anger and the things that separate us from the Lord, the sin that separates us and deceives us. We delight in obeying his commands. We live the word. We're not afraid to share the gospel. We're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed to open our mouth, but may it be in grace and mercy and truth with power and authority. Come on, come on, pick up your pace. Last push, last push, come on. He is so kind. He is so good. He loves you. He 
never gives up on you. It's his story. Come on. all the way down. Slow it to a walk. It's time to cool down. Amen. Between the playlist and God's word, I don't really need to add to that. But I leave you with this today, and I ask myself this as well. Are my eyes really on Jesus in all things? And what is it that I'm passing on? What am I passing on? If there's anything that would taint the word or even bring the slightest of confusion, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Our treasures are in heaven. It's not about us. We've been entrusted with the most precious gift of all time. May our selfish ambitions and you know, our desire to control and rebel and do things our own way, God, I pray that our hearts would shift and that you would correct anything that needs correction, that we would be able to receive it. I pray that there's no condemnation. Your word says there's no condemnation in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we know even more so that you love us because you do discipline us. You correct us for our good and for your glory. <sighs> he is good, church. <laughs> he is so good. I want to finish reading that scripture that we just read one last time. Listen, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Lord, may we not be so focused on our momentary blessings and selfish desires that we would sacrifice an entire generation of people being blessed. Lord, help us. In Jesus' mighty and matchless and merciful name, we pray. Train your legacy. I pray that God brings this to mind, and um, we're going to do another one of these this month. There's so many more awesome uh, scriptures and chapters to share on this topic, so stay tuned. Love you guys. Thanks for working it out with me today. Bye-bye.